Hey, sexy babies, thanks for tuning in once again for the Creative and Balance podcast live from the Girth Radio Studio. I don't know why I said live. This is like pre-recorded, but I kind of just fell into that fake radio show voice you hear. You know, I don't know why they just do things like that, but uh, since I just turned on the mic, I just felt the need to do that. I think there's just some fucking audible possession that just starts making you talk like this. Yeah. Um, anywho, this episode is far from that. It's actually very, very candid, and uh, my guest today is Miron Godet. Miron is a dear friend of mine. Uh, she's a Jill of all trades. She's uh, been working visual media, directed videos, writes articles. She's worked for Vice, MTV, KOTD. I can go on and on and on. And uh, yeah, we've been on a lot of adventures together doing media stuff. And I thought, um, or I assume that's what we'd be talking about in this episode. But it actually, we got into like a very deep conversation about life and dreams. And uh, we jumped into some like really real issues. And what's cool about the episode, I just kind of got lost in the conversation and like forgot we were even recording. And as I went back and edited this episode for you guys, um, I'm starting to think this might be one of my favorite recorded conversations ever on the show and maybe just ever in general. And yeah, I'm going to just stop talking and we're going to get right to it. Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio. The reason why I got into media was because with media, you don't have to stick to one thing. You know, you could spend a couple years working on, I don't know, some some documentary about this, and then the next year do something the same, like medium, like filming or whatever, but it'll be on a completely different topic, so it doesn't feel like you're doing the same thing. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a real job. Yeah, I have OCD, so like, or not OCD, I have a bit of ADD, Yeah. so anything to me, after I start noticing a pattern, I'm out, I'm done. Wow. Like, if I can tell what's coming up next, I'm bored, I want to move on to something else. This is cool that you just said that and that I actually hit the record for this candid moment. I'm going to cut out the beginning, but that, like, remember I told you, like, uh, on your way here that I had, like, a kind of a topic in mind or whatever? Yeah. It was pretty much just what you said. <laughs> and Because uh, I was thinking about it all day and it was like the big question is, why am I doing this? And I was just thinking about everything in my life and exactly what you said about falling into a pattern yeah and i don't know how you feel like i get like this with normal jobs i feel like i start getting depression when it's like the same thing each and every day and um i was telling my girlfriend this like uh, when i had the construction job and shit like that it's like i'm making more money then or whatever but i'm way more happy now like i haven't had like 
a real job like all year almost like just doing the stagehand stuff and freelance stuff but uh yeah it's like the question is why do we do this Miron? <laughs> well i guess it's the unpredictability aspect is exciting like when you wake up and you can tell exactly how your day is going to go until it ends until you hit the pillow like that's a horrible feeling for me some people love that and mm -hmm. i hate that yeah i feel the same way too and but it does work for some people though. right and the idea of like to me i was thinking the other day how you know you dedicate like eight nine hours of your day to work so you spend more time with the people you work with and at your work than you do with like your loved ones and your friends and mm -hmm. you know and my idea my ideal lifestyle would be to have every hour well most of my hours be um towards being around people that i like and putting my time towards something i enjoy yeah and it just i find now like that i've gone through this process of all year of being like on an independent thing like it has its pros and its cons like the cons are like you're kind of always on the edge like because after your next gig you gotta like worry about ahead and like kind of be your own booker <laughs> in a way but then there's some days where it's just like even though i have a lot of work i just feel so happy because yeah. it's like say i had like a video edit and then it's due in two days and it takes me like a day and a half to do it's like I can I don't have to be on somebody else's clock. I don't have to wake up at six in the morning and take a train somewhere and then be at that moment for two hours and then take a 15 minute break and run back or whatever. It's like I can wake up in the middle of the afternoon, take a breath, grab a coffee, maybe uh, put in some work. Evening comes around. It's like, you know what? I'm going to take a long break take like a four hour break and it's like you know what i'm a night owl i'm gonna just rock this at night and yeah. just like work at your own pace yeah. and everything and it's it's crazy it's like i'm doing all this and i'm not making a ton of money but i'm making enough to live but it just shows that money isn't everything because i had a situation where i was making a lot more and i was like I was going through like a depression almost. Yeah. And quality of life to me and like being happy is way more important than having money. I always think about like, um, like sometimes I get bummed out about like, Oh God, what am I doing with my career? But then I think like I would way rather be doing what I'm doing now and putting efforts towards that than like m making 200 grand a year and like being in a stuffy office and being surrounded by people that like, I don't, connect with you know at work and um and only having the weekends to myself and you know having to choose what holidays you're gonna have in the beginning of the year mm -hmm. you know what weekends or whatever weeks you're gonna take off and like i don't know i just that's not me so i guess i would rather try and fail than to go into something safe yeah definitely and like there is like moments where you do fail doing this kind of stuff too. But I feel like what's cool about me and you, it's like we've been doing this for years and we haven't gave up. Yeah. And 
we see the growth even if other people don't really see the growth in yeah. it and there's just something there like, i don't know like how you feel but i feel like i'm just like on this unconscious path and i wake up and i'm just doing all these things and i'm not like overthinking it but it's going it's leading somewhere that i don't even know like i talk to some people and they'll tell me all their goals okay so by the end of this year, I want this promotion and blah, blah, blah. And I've just been kind of doing things I enjoy. And somehow it turned into a thing where I'm getting income from it. Yeah. And it's growing. But I do not know where it is going. I just know it's moving forward. Yeah. Do you feel like similar or is that just like a thing with me? No, I'm the same way. Sometimes it scares me that I don't know where I'm going. But then I always remind myself like all the most like amazing things that have happened to me I could have never predicted how it happened I could have never predicted I would go here and then get this phone call and then go there and then run into this person who introduced me to this person which turned into this opportunity like so all the crazy things that happen in life you can't predict so all the great things that happen in life you couldn't really predict how you'd get there so you just have to remember that in the future there will there will be great opportunities but you can't just focus on getting them or getting there because i don't know things have a way of of panning out and i think that when you dwell too much on the future during the present you end up getting in this like depressed rut yeah i also feel like when i start overthinking of what i'm doing it kind of derails it yeah like even i don't know it's it's really hard to explain to because like most of the people i know they work nine to fives and stuff like that and then what derails me is when my mentality like i start comparing myself to them which is not a good thing because no. everybody's their own person and everything and and uh just trying to put a blue or a formula and a blueprint to them so they can understand even though there isn't a blueprint for what me and you do yeah. and it's it gets like super confusing <laughs> it does i think the path though is just choosing to be happy like i don't know i where i grew up i saw so many of my family members and my friends parents who they just live day-to-day lives and i could tell that they they weren't happy, but they just shrugged their shoulders and they're like, ah, that's life. That's how it is. And I would always look at them like, no, that is not how my life's going to go. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm just like striving to run as far away from the way my parents were. Yeah. I, I'm in a similar situation as well, too. And uh, for a long time, I really, really tried to have a normal or I shouldn't say normal because what is normal, yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh have the regular wake up nine to five and it just wasn't working like mm-hmm. i was going to school and i was fucking it up but i was still learning it yeah. was just more of just the repetitiveness yeah. it's just craziness and then i don't even know where i'm going with this point <laughs> but no, I know what you're yeah yeah i also think that um if you look at the world like so like majority of like normal people i guess will tell you we'll look at your life as if it's like kind of crazy and that, you know, it's never going to work out. But if you look at the way the world is working, non-tradition is becoming the new tradition. Like when you look at things, 
like Netflix, when you look at things like HBO, when you look at mm-hmm. things like Uber. Bitcoins and yeah. Uber. Yeah, yeah. Um, everything that's become, like podcasts, like things that are becoming successful now are like kind of kicking out the old ways of doing things. And um, that's another thing is like just who knows what the future holds. So even if you think that you're going to school and you're getting this degree and you know, everyone goes to school for marketing or business. Or, mm-hmm. But think of how many people now are like flooding into the job markets with the exact same degree yeah, as you. every so year. It's just like... It waters it down. Mm-hmm. But so not trying to like diss people who have that, but that's another reason why I'm like hesitant to go back to school or take like a traditional path because who knows if tradition even works is going to work in the future. Yeah. Do you remember like the day when you were just like, kind of like fuck this traditional ways i'm just gonna do me do you have like an epiphany day like or anything like that i think i think it was maybe like two years ago when i kept applying for jobs i'd apply to like at least 30 jobs a day and it just wasn't working and um i just realized like you know i just have to make a name for myself and become um I don't know if the word is invaluable, valuable. (laughs) I don't know what the word is, but like, you know, so unique and just brand myself because all the time that I put in writing cover letters and sending resumes are times that I could be building my my own thing Mm -hmm. and becoming my own company and my own person. Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, that happened, and when I did that, when I kind of let everything go, you know, I listened to the Tao of Pooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that changed my life, and um, yeah, I just, I decided to go my own way, and it's worked out a lot in crazy ways. Like, all, like things that I, I once wanted, like I get, like I've always wanted to go to a Revolt Music Conference, and um, my um, my aunt just happened to be in Miami and invited me out and when I went this was like a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. um, I went to Miami and this um, other guy that I know was holding um, he was holding a panel at Revolt Conference so I ended up going as like his guest which was amazing to i didn't have to pay three grand that's insane to get into and a like music conference I on your trip you didn't know you were gonna end up going there as well no that's that's weird i have like really strange shit like that happened to me as well and i don't know uh, this may sound like fucking some spacey hippie shit but it's almost l- so weird it's like where i'll have like super genuine intentions for something yeah and hoping it'll happen and then it happens in some weird ass cosmic way yeah that you could have never planned yeah or predicted yeah it's almost like like i don't know what life is (laughs) but it feels like i'm just like on this ride Mm -hmm. yeah and And the more you control it the more miserable it is to me it reminds yeah 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 um, harry in harry potter Sorry. Yeah, I'm let's like go there. Obsessed with Harry Potter. Do it. <laughs> um, in Harry Potter, there's this thing called Devil's Snare. Okay. And the more you try and fight with it, the harder it squeezes until, you know, it kills you. Yeah. But when you relax, it lets you go. So to ah. me, I think that's life. Like, the more you try and fight things that that you should just accept, 
and then work with. Um, the more you try and fight those things, the harder life is. But the more you just like accept certain things and move in certain ways and kind of relax and flow in like this effortless way, things will have a way of naturally coming together. Nice. That's some Bruce Lee shit too. Did you did <laughs> oh, you ever yeah, hear it's that? Taoism. Yeah, and Taoism. Yeah. Have you heard the the famous Bruce Lee interview about being water? Yeah, that's what Taoism is all about and Wu Wei. Like being able to, you know it's like how I guess water can be water, steam, yeah. ice and form into whatever it needs to be during that time Mm -hmm. and like as people we need to learn to do that because that's how you can there's no reason to not be happy all the time well unless like someone dies or something yeah yeah (laughs) it's 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 okay to like be sad Mm -hmm. (laughs) and but uh but yeah like uh you mentioned the Tao of Pooh Mm -hmm. which is based off of Winnie the Pooh how would you explain that to somebody who's never heard of that before um, well, it's basically the, the 100 Acre Woods stories um, used to, like, it's that journey, and then he basically uses that journey as a way to explain um, Taoism and, like, the lessons taught in Taoism. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really hard to explain Taoism. And I heard a, a cool quote from somebody, uh, fuck, what's the name, shit? Uh, he's he's on Rogan's podcast all the time too. Oh, um, I know who you're talking about. Daniele Bellelli. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he was saying, uh, if you say you're a Taoist, even though you are going with all the Taoist ways, that's a very un-Taoist thing yeah, to do. Exactly. Which is, I think, is just so amazing and yeah. kind of trippy to think about too. And Alan Watts explains Taoism really well, as well. Yeah, yeah. He talks about how, um, like, in life, life is like um, a train cart or whatever you call them. Mm-hmm. And he said that um, there's two ways to empty it. You could, you know, um, like unhinge them one by one. Or you could just go to the very front and unhinge that one and it unhinges all of them. And so with Taoism, it's like doing it all. That's so true. I think that speaks to like a lot of people, whether it's like a relationship or a job or whatever. Like sometimes you try to micromanage things within this big ball of just like poison and hell. And you're just trying to fix like something that's unfixable. And sometimes it's better to just release and then even though like it's a scary thing to do especially if it's like your job or if it's like somebody you've been with for like 10 years or like just whatever yeah it might be like really hard to do at first and you double triple think like oh that might have been the wrong thing and then you'll realize like a week later it's like holy fuck like there's a giant weight off my shoulder and like I yeah. just feel like I reset it <laughs> and like we talked about like something I'm not going to say on the air but just like a situation I was in with just like work as well and just working with a group of people who I love but I just kind of had to step away too and like your train metaphor was exactly what that is <laughs> yeah and i feel like way better than i have before like i don't know there's like an extra pep in my step when yeah. really when i was like the day i was just kind of 
thinking about doing that i was like oh fuck what if this is like a big mistake what if i just yeah fuck up and then it go that goes back to again uh not going with the flow and trying to control the situation and people are comfortable with what they know and even if what they know is like completely miserable they'd rather be comfortable in that misery than you know take a chance and try something new and try something different Mm -hmm. so you're saying we should move to mars though right exactly yeah (laughs) moral of the story (laughs) but uh yeah um when I was, it's cool to have you in here because when I was like kind of like testing out this podcast or whatever, you were like one of my guests and we did it like outside of a coffee shop and <laughs> there's a windy like day. a windy day, there's police sirens in the background too. And now like we're in like this little studio and it kind of goes back to what we were saying of just like going with the flow. I had a good feeling about just doing a podcast yeah. and you start something out like that too and people may not be like people may like knock it down it's just like oh what is this This is not professional or whatever but you got to take like that first step in whatever it is not just like podcasting or like on the show i make like a lot of references to like stand-up comedy and stuff but it could be anything like you really really want to do and i find if it's just something genuine that you love it's gonna start like piecing together and just kind of like snowball into something else and it'll have a way of working out you'll end up running into the right people and yeah things have a way of working out if you prep yourself i think opportunities will come yeah and so so what do you think of this place this is super random eh? yeah i love it like the colors in here the reds and the whites and it's very 70s yeah but it's like 70s chic yeah with a red shag rug it also reminds me of like a mini much music too with the window here and you yeah. can just like look out onto the street and yeah, like exactly sometimes like people like come by and it's like you know me i'm like a fucking nobody but they <laughs> see a radio show and some people like they start taking pictures picture. yeah. and, uh, or like uh last episode uh sandeep and um his buddy ira came in and just like we were commentating like people were just violently making out in front of the window right there (laughs) we're just like was it late at night (laughs) yeah oh yeah i usually uh don't do this in the afternoon like right now i usually do this sunday night and i just couldn't do it the other day so it's kind of nice doing it in the middle of the afternoon yeah i have the day to do whatever i want to do it's actually like a different vibe i wonder if it's going to come out like in the recording the vibe or whatever (laughs) but usually like the other like last handful of episodes it's it's a little bit of chaos because it's nighttime we get we get fed drinks here too as well so we get a little tipsy or whatever but this is just like a nice little brunch we're having with a couple drinks and yeah Yeah, it's chill i love it yeah awesome it's nice to have i well today was technically i was supposed to work and then they um they one of our orders didn't come in mm-hmm. so we got the day off and then i just randomly got a text last night about going to um a shoot with vice which was really cool because i've you know i've always wanted to work at vice yeah and you have been working with vice which is badass like yeah uh, it's about two years now too like uh, on and off or yeah just like random like freelance things. yeah you've wrote like articles right mm-hmm. and just yeah, so so what do you do today with Vice? Oh, so today this lady that I work with who runs 
this podcast that I work on as well as these parties that we throw called, um, the podcasts are called Gyalcast and the parties are called Bear Gyal, which just means a lot of girls. Um, Fellas, <laughs> write it down. Yeah. What's it called? Bear Gal? Bear Gal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the whole- In the Gal cast, right? Yeah. Shout outs to the Gal cast. So Bear Gal is actually um, focused on like having a party for like- um, black women and black people and so like you know there's like a lot of afro beats trap music um a lot of 90s a lot of current music um it's actually it's such a good energy party and it's um it's a place where so the girl who started it tika who is the person who was being interviewed for vice today Mm -hmm. she was like in a depression slump um, and so that's when she came up with the idea for Bear Gyal. So the parties have only been going on for a year now, but they've actually become quite popular. And, um, you know, as like uh, black women and black people in general, like our culture is very, it's very popular and it does move the culture forward, especially our fashion mm-hmm. and our music, you know. But I find that... Um, so even though we kind of push culture forward, there's not a lot of spaces for us. So, you know, like there'll be clubs where, um, you know, the same club, I'll go with all my, my white girlfriends and we get in no problem. When it's me and all my, like my black girlfriends, we cannot get in. Wow. So like shit like that still goes, that's been going on yeah, for like a hundred plus, yeah, like a thousand it's, years. It's because <laughs> the clubs want a certain look. Like a lot of clubs want... Uh, even if they're gonna like and these are clubs that play hip-hop music you know they'll play hip-hop music but you know guys can't wear tims or like there's certain clothing where it's like it's basically kind of like obviously black people they don't have to wear a certain style but it's like so you're you're using our music yeah um this goes back to the day too with rock and roll like we I'm saying we like I did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my dad just took that from <laughs> from your dad. <laughs> but, but like or even and jazz. then yeah. Jazz is uh, such a, you know, started as, you know. It's it's fucked up like with like such a progressive and PC times we live in right now that that still goes on, but I guess it does and like yeah. me like I don't see it on my side because uh, for once I don't go don't clubbing. Yeah. yeah, I don't look for it. And it's also like not part of my experience, like right. probably due to my race or whatever. But right. do you feel like you get like a lot of, well, you're telling about like this experience, for, but yeah, do you well, feel like it's, it's often that happens or? Actually, well, it's all the time, but um, I just never, before I never looked at it in that way. So basically, yeah, so these parties are... Um, it's like sort of a way to embrace black people and they can come wearing whatever they want. Like if they want to wear basketball shorts and Tim's like go ahead. Like a lot of girls come wearing mesh marinas and yeah, yeah. Um, so also the, because the parties are catered to girls, it's, it's cheaper for women, but also there's a women lineup and a guy lineup. So men have to RSVP and um, women don't. And then women are, Prioritize. So in the lineup, if you're a girl, you're going to get in yeah. before the guys are. Um, so yeah, that, so this um, amazing human being, Tika, she, that was her idea to do that. And it's just crazy to see how it's grown to, um, we had two weeks to sell over a thousand tickets for Mod Club and we sold them out extremely quickly. You could only buy them online. They were $20 each. And like, that's really impressive. Events especially catered to black people to get black people to commit to buy to buying 
$20 tickets for a party, like, I'm not trying to be stereotypical, but, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, to get Brampton girls to come downtown, <laughs> to get Scarborough girls to come downtown, like, I don't know. So it's very impressive, and, um, yeah, just working with these girls, I've, um, I've learned a lot about myself, like, um, hearing them explain certain things explains like certain things that I've been feeling my whole life but didn't really know how to word or didn't even realize it yeah you know so it's been nice to be around a group of um girls like this and the women that they also attract to their um to their live events and stuff are they're probably cool as fuck because yeah. you go. So <laughs> <laughs> they're amazing. They're bunch amazing. of murons. Yeah, badass. And, and learning about intersectionality, I just—it's been amazing. And it's—I've always wanted to work on podcasts, and so it's crazy that like I just stumbled across this one, and then through this podcast, like um, there's this podcaster that I've been obsessed with who runs this network called Loudspeakers Network, and his show's called the Com- Combat Jack Show. Okay. So. Um, I first heard his show maybe four or five years ago and um, to now like meet him and he like hosted one of the parties that I worked and he came on the podcast that I'm now a part of. That's another way of like things magically coming together that I could have never predicted. Yeah. It's just like you kind of put like good intentions out and you work hard and then you work in the direction i notice this what happens and i just realized it right now with uh me connecting with almost like your experience connecting with that podcaster you admire like i connected with bands or whatever is you kind of start working in the areas that you love and supporting the culture or whatever and then all of a sudden you just magically become part of that culture and then you're like in a circle with like people you look up to and it's crazy how that happens yeah yeah it is it is Mm -hmm. um it's a beautiful way of things coming together and that's the other thing too is like sometimes when you're like oh man like what am i doing what am i doing with my life all you have to do is look back at like the experiences you've had and the things that you've done and you're like wait Things always work out. That was another thing. We were, so the thing we were talking about advice was um, it was a PSA on um, on mental health. Yeah. And so one of the things Tika was saying was about how important it is to keep a journal. And journals are amazing. Once you build up a journal to read back old entries and realize, wow, like, this one thing made me so upset but now looking back that thing was nothing and there was Mm -hmm. no reason for me to get that upset over that and then it puts what you're going through in the current moment in perspective so um yeah i think that's also really important too yeah that's really interesting i noticed that um when i like i don't write a journal but uh i write jokes for like stand-up shit and i notice if i look back at old ones it's like kind of parts of it like lots of it is just actually just ridiculousness but like some shit like i won't even use is part of just like the human experience it's like oh i was going through this and that's why i'm ripping on banks right now or like whatever and like it's just it's interesting to to just hear you say that because i that just made me realize that and i haven't 
even realize that till right now you know like, yeah it's crazy yeah I, th- I would recommend that to everybody yeah definitely <laughs> what where can people find uh the galcast galcast is on soundcloud we are on twitter we are on we were actually named in fader like one of the top seven like entrepreneurial companies we were also on revolt um tv's website we were featured there um like a couple weeks ago for like the women leading um oh man i forgot what movement it was in toronto but it's it's become a huge this is this sounds big i'm just like not in the demographic i'm not like a black chick so but (laughs) but but this is like really cool though we're hitting a demographic of people who are always used in a certain way but never catered to Mm -hmm. you know like our our style and the things we create are always used but we're never included so now this is a way of of inclusion and you know having a voice and uh it's amazing i'm really excited to see where it goes we have a lot of important people with you know their eyes on us and you know now it's kind of cool to be black <laughs> do you feel like it goes in <laughs> waves or something <laughs> like well now i think that like um with things like insecure um have you seen the show no i haven't oh my god it's so good you should watch it it's a comedy show well it's it's a comedy drama on hbo about like uh like being black being a black woman but like not being like i guess the stereotype and um you know the things that we we go through the experiences we have that a lot of people were like completely unaware of including black men i've heard charlemagne talk about it how he never you know when it like a lot of people they see black women as being like so confident and yeah um, even aggressive and angry but they don't realize you know like the hurt and stuff that they have to go through especially having to be so strong all the time um is hard yeah so you think like that's kind of the stereotype because of pressure that gets thrown in that direction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, was it Malcolm X that said it? Like, no one is more disrespected in America than a black woman, you know? Um, but yeah, not to be so... I'm actually, like, very, very <laughs> interested, too, like, because it's just... It's just like one thing I love about this podcast too is I can get people in here with different experiences and they can give me their experience of mm-hmm. just whether it's life or lots of its creativity too. And this is like a topic that just came up right now that yeah. I didn't think we were going <laughs> to <Yeah>. talk about. <laughs> like, well, it was the, just, it's, it's cool though. Yeah. Well, one of the most frustrating things that people will say, like I listened to a lot of Adam Carolla. Well, I had to stop listening to him because he just started becoming so ignorant that I'm like, I just, I can't support you. But, um, he, um, was always like, he always says like, Oh, like what we need to do is, you know, like stop separating ourselves and stop having these differences. And like, you know, people get annoyed when like, like they call it the race card, which is such a rude thing to say. That's such a, a way to, um, dismiss what someone's saying. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people will be like, oh, the race card or this or that. or, um, But the thing is, is like, so I grew up being the only black person in my community. And the thing about the race card is like, I tried to, 
you know, like not see color and do all that. But a lot of white people will not let you forget that you're black. Really? Right? They yeah. just won't let you forget with like the comments that they make and um, like whether it's a, they're joking or whether they're not joking or even just like something so small is like when you come into the room like oh they have to change the music to like hip hop or R&B and oh, it's like really? I and can this is listen like to other music <laughs> yeah. and like obviously like some people would I don't know it's really hard to explain but like um, it gets annoying like after a while when people are constantly reminding you that you're black so mm-hmm. you kind of have to just embrace it and then when you do embrace it, people are like, oh, well, why do you go, always got to bring up race? And it's like, well, because it seems to be important to the majority of you guys as well. Yeah. You know? That's like, so, like I was going to say, like, it's something I don't see a lot. Yeah. But that's now living in Toronto. Everybody's, like, so diverse. And I think, especially, like, our age range, it's, like, not a big deal. <laughs> like, yeah. but... I've actually like did see a lot of that like living in a smaller town and be yeah. like lived in Niagara Falls. There was like one Asian kid at her school and one like black dude, yeah. and it was it was just such like token stereotypical stuff people would say to them. And even if they didn't mean it to be yeah. like harmful or whatever, it's just it's it's out there, you yeah. know. Yeah, and it's a way of being like, yeah, you're with us, but you're not one of us, like. Let me constantly remind mm-hmm. you that you're not one of us. And I don't think that's like a lot of people's intentions to, but no, I think maybe ignorant. it shows that way. But like, the thing is, is even if that's not their intention, it kind of shows how, how kind of like, there's this thing where like, um, certain races are, they're like ignorant to certain things, certain comments that they make and things that they do, but they're lucky because they can be ignorant to it right Mm -hmm. like a lot of black people like don't have a choice right they have they have to know certain things right whereas um a lot of white people are allowed to not know if that makes sense like they can skate through life and not know certain things and be fine whereas black people don't have that choice yeah i see i see it's just she like that seems like a big north american thing yeah yeah yeah, it's like the show um, Blackish. Um, so you know, like they're a black family, but they, uh, you know, they live in like the suburbs. They make good money. They work at white jobs. They, I think their kids go to private school. So they're black-ish. Yeah. And but they still have to keep up with um, black culture, mm-hmm. right? So it's like. Whereas white people, they don't have to keep up with black culture. Yeah. Or what's going... Like, they can be ignorant but, of what's but going we'll on t- in that But we'll community. take your music, though. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's dope. But they can also be <laughs> ignorant to what's going on in that community, and their life won't be affected. Yeah. Right? Whereas black people, we have to know about white things because we live in a white world. And we can't get through life without... Um, being able to like please white people in a certain way mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah so i don't know i'm not complaining no 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 you're definitely not you're saying this with a way. smile <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for anybody listening but yeah. no no i think it's interesting too and this is like a really cool uh twist <laughs> this <is a> conversation <laughs> i'm getting educated a lot but like again too like on my side like i never i'm i feel like 
I a lot of times like I I put myself in other people's shoes, yeah. but never like really like that deeply, and it's kind of like opened me uh, my mind up a bit like with things and and yeah and and like what you're saying too, it's a lot of it's a lot of things that people don't say either, like mm-hmm. like they kind of keep it quiet and everything. Well, and the the thing about um you know like people think that like uh, Toronto is so progressive and Canadians are so progressive, but there's like. I don't know what you'd call it. I guess it would be like the three or four question test, but you just ask like a certain series of questions and you'll get to, it's like digging for gold or something. Like you'll get to someone's ignorance. Okay. Yeah. So you can hang out with someone and not think that they're ignorant or whatever. And then something will happen and you'll see it. And most people, they, they're just really good at hiding it. Like this one guy that I work with, um, we're talking about Woody Allen and how Woody Allen wants to do. Um, like, I think he's an amazing storyteller, um, but he's obviously controversial. Yeah. Um, and he wants to do um, a story on like the jazz renaissance in um, oh, where was it? I think it's Harlem or Brooklyn or something. Okay. In like the forties or something, but he doesn't want any black people to be in it. And, what? You know, <laughs> yeah, that's fucked. So, like, I was telling this guy, like, you know, um, like Woody Allen's awesome, but like he's never had, like, he never really has any black people in his movies at all. And the guy said to me, "Well, to be fair, he's never really, um, he doesn't really write any stories that would uh, be for black people or something." Oh, wow. And I'm like, <laughs> so you're saying there's no stories of like. Harlem. No, no, no. I'm saying there's no stories of like black people just falling in love. There's no stories of like he's done a story about like um, these two couples who um, are like getting into fights and then they end up uh, getting a divorce and then swapping or I don't know. I forget what the story is, but it's it's just a a genuine human experience, whether what color you are. So you think that um, we're exempt from that human experience like he didn't realize how insulting that was it's like oh so it has to be about like uh like slavery or something in order for it to be a black person story like we're just normal human beings like why can't we just have a normal story if that makes sense so um even just like comments like that like people don't realize that that can like that's a very ignorant thing to say mm-hmm. even though they're just unconsciously saying it yeah. and it might not be their intentions but it's but it's almost like ingrained you in... also see what their viewpoint is yes right and because they're never forced to question the way they think about things mm-hmm. if that makes sense it makes know. a lot of fucking sense <laughs> <laughs> dropping knowledge no this is cool this is a really <laughs> like powerful show i thought we were just going to talk about some media stuff but no this is this is what podcasting is all about right. though it's just like and you never hear like conversations like this on television or like you do sometimes but not to like this extent and raw and uncut well and- here's the thing what you'll get is you'll get a lot of upper middle class white guys talking about what the problem is in these um lower income places and how to fix it and it's like how are you telling other people what the problem is in a community that yeah you've never been there you fucking crackers (laughs) like come on so i don't know there's just like 
um, a lot of people think that they can like sum up the problem so easily. But I think the best people to solve the problem are if like people with power went to people in the communities and they figured it out together. Mm-hmm. Not just from like a outside. Yeah, it's just kind of like they have a bird's eye view, and it's like, oh, we've heard this happens here. So since more. yeah, since I heard that and haven't experienced it, that's what must be going on. Mm-hmm. Type of shit. That's like fucking everything. Yeah, with but people. things are always way more complicated than there's. You know, there's know, layers there's to not, everything. Yeah, there's not just a simple solution. Yeah. So it's fucked up. I hope that um with like certain people being allowed to have a voice, um, even like something as simple as, as the show Insecure, um, now they're having, there's going to be another like black, like woman black focused show on Netflix. I can't remember what it's called. So just things like that, I think will uh, open people's eyes to things that they, they didn't even realize. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm uh, I'm interested. I got to go check this out. I got to check out the Galcast too. Yeah. Even though like I might not like personally like relate. Like I'm very intrigued and like it's it's just very cool. Like, and I'm always intrigued to hear somebody else's like point of view on like a different path and it could be anything like. And it's crazy. I think it's important for people to listen just because um, these are people who are around you who are living in the same world as you, but they're. Um, their experiences are so different. Like the filter that they have to go through is so different. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for like expressing all this too and everything. Like it's like really cool to hear. Of course. And yeah. um, yeah, in conclusion, I think it's been too long since me and you've collaborated on something. It's cool to have you in here. Thank you it's, for having me. No, no, it's 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 getting bigger and better. And like my next move, you'll be in on that episode too, <laughs> or whatever. Who knows what's gonna happen? No, but. we have to have Sandeep in here, and we are gonna have a serious, a serious argument. Like the three of us. <laughs> yeah, Sandeep is so racist of black people yeah and muslims which can also be the same thing um and uh, i think it's fun it would be funny to challenge him on that yeah but in sandeep's defense is like i in his <laughs> he's this is me coming from a comic background he's trying to be the comedian you know and he oh, actually he is the know. comedian but he he goes pretty savage oh and like so uh, you can hear Sandeep on last week's episode too for anybody listening. He's a hilarious dude. But uh, I got to tell you, uh, him, he battle rapped um, our Dan friend Gibbs. Dan Gibbs, who is also Creative and Balanced Podcast alumni of the Baby Gang. So they're not rappers, but we've all like just worked in this battle scene. Sandeep is an accountant. Dan Gibbs was doing photography and he's also kind of like stepped away to be like a businessman, but we're all like family, but they had a match together. What was the top moments? Uh, okay. So I'm going to say this. Dan outwrapped him, but Sandeep w- went savage. And this is going to what you said before about him being like, just like offensive and racist and shit. It was amazing. <laughs> like he was like, he forgot a lot of his stuff and he'd like pull out his phone or whatever but he'd say something and it's such like a haymaker and it was fun i was like front row like overreacting and like it was even like 
though they were like just kind of like the joke battle of the night, I enjoyed it way more than a lot of the the real like serious rap battles that happened. But yeah, <laughs> I can't wait till you see that footage. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm sad I missed it. Yeah, it was Halloween weekend though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you Halloween got, you got things to do and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm feeling like uh, we, me and you, got to have like another media adventure. Like that was, I always think about like that time uh, a couple of years ago where we went to LA. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was amazing. It was nuts. It was only like a couple of days but, yeah. and it was so fast and it felt like a blink of the eye, but yeah. it was just like, it was a cool moment. I'm like, holy fuck. Me and Miron just did that, you know? And like, <laughs> we did so, so much random. in one day. We did five days in one day. <laughs> yeah. I was like so exhausted. I probably like slept for like a week after, but what's crazy about that is like uh, me and Miron, we've been doing like media stuff. Obviously you hear us on the show, but uh with us working with King of the Dot, we wanted to do like a little behind the scenes, like mini, like interview documentary thing. So we ended up going to LA and, um, no biggie. Yeah. Shout shout outs to King of the Dot for uh, hooking us up with a hotel there as well. But what was hilarious is I don't know shit about Los Angeles, the areas or whatever. I just heard about them through, um, gangster rap and shit whatnot <laughs> grand theft auto <laughs> the parody places but we okay, get Simpson. yeah <laughs> we get off the fucking plane and it's like super late at night and i'm just like okay let's like just get a cab and get to our hotel and uh we give the guy the address it's didn't say the area or whatever and the guy pulls up to the hotel and there's just cop cars everywhere and I remember asking him, I'm like, oh, is this a bad area? And the cab driver just laughs and was like, yep. <laughs> and then we left, went into the hotel. There was blood. Yep. There was blood in the elevator. Like, I don't know what happened, but <laughs> something went down. And we were like, holy fuck. <laughs> so we just like went in the room and we're just chilling. And I'm like, oh, I got to get something to eat. And I looked at the window. I noticed there's like a 7-Eleven across the street. And I'm like, oh, you want anything? And I don't know if you came with me or not. I can't remember. I think, I think you chilled. And uh, I walked across the street. And I just see a giant sign that says, welcome to Englewood. <laughs> And all I can think is uh, <laughs> is fucking Dr. Dre doing shout outs. Long Beach, Inglewood. I'm just like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm here. I'm like, oh fuck. But then it like the weekend didn't end up that scary. Just that moment was just like, oh, what the fuck? Because we came a bit earlier. And then uh, Lush One and Caustic ended up coming by and saying hello. And then when the battle rappers all started coming in, we just kind of took over the hotel and we turned into like a little positive party there. Yeah, it was more of a family, a family event. Yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to think of, pro- of a project me and you can do in the future. I don't think I can travel right now, but we should definitely no. collab on something. I think we could do some type of human to human thing. Yeah, like, like a some little type of, uh, documentary yeah. or something. Yeah, something funny. Cool, yeah. So we're just going to put that out there. And you heard it first. And yeah, we don't know what it is, but we're just going to be water and go with the flow and something <laughs> might happen. It might be a couple years from now, but I'll let you know when that happens. And anything else you want to say, Miron? Um, No, just shout out to Gyalcast, shout out to Bear Gyal. Um, I did do a recap video of the last event. You can see it on, if you Google... 
um, Gyalcast, G-Y-A-L, um, Revolt TV. You'll see the video on there. And you can also see that embedded in the, the Girth Radio page of this episode. I'm going to put that on there. And, yeah, so if you're listening on Mixcloud, just go to the Girth site as well, and you can check that out as well. And, and yeah, follow Miron on Twitter, at Mercy. But how do you spell Mercy with, like, a three? M underscore three R-C-Y. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Thanks again for coming out. Thank you for having me on. Thanks again, everybody, for putting me in your ear holes. That was a great episode. Please take the time to follow Miron on all social media. We mentioned where you can find her at the end of our conversation. And, uh, yeah, she's always, like, doing some cool shit and uh, has some cool insight on, on just life and media and all that type of stuff. I also want to dedicate this episode to a good friend of me and Miron, um, Joe Cash. He unfortunately had a passing in his family this past week. Um, he was also a guest on the show, and he makes dope music. And we're going to end with one of his songs. And you can find his latest album on Bandcamp. There's also a video for this song called Lost Not Found, which is a beautiful video you can also see on YouTube, directed by Kyle Gray. And yeah, just in conclusion, uh, myself, Miron, Everybody at Girth Radio, Creative and Balanced, we wish you nothing but love and strength to you and your entire family. Take care, my brother. Girth Radio. She's at home in the quiet little town and she wonders if she'll ever make it out alive. Well, I don't know, I don't know, girl. I really hope to see the whole world. So she walks through the streets of her town to the bus stop Who knows where she's going this time? She don't know, she don't know But she just knows she's got to go So she runs away from her home I guess she really wants to see this world alone And I wonder if she'll ever figure it out But as the bus pulls away I can see her filled with doubt I catch a tear falling from her eye Alone in the streets of the city And she wonders how she ever made it here alive But she's alone, she's alone Still trying to fix the panel club And drinking drugs and taking pills But she must know by now That this pain in her heart Is one pain that will never subside So she goes and makes a phone call And she gets what she needs tonight But she's not okay She's had enough We all do stupid shit When we're in love so she goes and makes that phone call home But when nobody picks up She decides to go get stoned I catch a tear falling from her eye